All right, let's get started. So uh, there's a lot to cover here today, so I don't expect that I'll cover everything. Uh, if there's something that you want to ask, feel free to ask it as we get uh, as we get to it or as you think about the question. In terms of your participation, uh, the best thing that you can do is keep your um, mic open if you want to talk. Open up your video as well if you'd like to talk. I really appreciate people sharing their video when they ask questions. Uh, this is being recorded, so it'll go on my YouTube channel when it's done. It'll also go on my podcast as well, uh, and you'll have an opportunity to see it before it goes live to all of those places in case there's something that you might want to say or change about um, what went on there. Okay, so um, if you're not already, uh, I'd love if you followed me on social media. Uh, I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, and obviously I'm on YouTube. If you're interested in seeing the kinds of content that I produce, I'd love if you subscribed to my YouTube channel. That's pretty easy to do. If you head on over to YouTube, search for my name, you'll find the channel, and then you can click the bell icon and you can subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, it'd be great if you hit the subscribe button or the like button if, that's, if you like the video. Uh, and if you didn't like the video, feel free to let me know what it is that you didn't like about it and how um, we might be able to change things up for the future. Uh, a little bit about me. I started out my journey in research as a PhD student at Monash University and then I exchanged my lab coat for a suit coat and now I help researchers answer the question, what next? So I'd love to know, um, these are the social media channels I'm on, like I said, I'd love to know what social media channels you're on. So um, yeah, I've launched a poll. If you could respond, that'd be great. I have someone said they use Reddit for research as well. Nice. Did you uh, jump on the Reddit bandwagon and destroy Wall Street or whatever it was, Ruth? Just a lurker. Okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, so there you can see the results. Uh, people are followers on, most people here are followers on YouTube. Uh, most people here are on Facebook as well. And we've got a couple of, uh, one other, there's some people on ResearchGate, Instagram, et cetera. Great. So obviously if you're on YouTube as a follower of other people's content, it would be great if you piped up whenever you think there's a question you have, you've got a bit of experience on YouTube, that would be good to hear your questions and what else uh, you're interested in. I've got a <clears throat> another poll to, sh to ask, which is um, a little bit about where you're at in terms of your research career. We're just keen to know where people are at there. Some people are saying first year, some somewhere in the middle, some hoping to submit shortly. Someone is a researcher and I jokingly put social media didn't exist when I did my PhD. 
cool there you are so a bit of everything there cool so good luck to the person hoping to submit their phd in the next 12 months um, cool. So what I'm about to present, hopefully you can see a screen that has Census, Pew Research Center, We Are Social, and Oberlo on there. They're all different um, sources of data for some of the, what I'm about to present in terms of usage of social media. So you can see uh, across the world, social media is fairly prevalent. There are a few countries that are a bit low, Middle Africa, Eastern, America, uh, Eastern Africa, Western Africa. Central Asia is low in there as well. But basically, if your research is involved, um, will take you or you want to be found in places other than those, you've probably got a pretty good chance of using social media to get penetration. You can see the, the next lowest after Central Asia is Southern Africa. Um, so social media, it penetrates relatively well across the entire world. Different social media, though, is used in different places and so not everything's ubiquitous and um, certainly YouTube is not necessarily found in the majority of places. There are other social media channels that are found more easily across the world. In terms of how YouTube is used, uh, the data on the left is from the Pew Research Center based on US survey respondents and YouTube's at the top there. And you can see if you just look at the colored dots, each of those different represents a different age category. So you can see in the 50 plus age category, uh, the YouTube is more used than any other channel. In the 30 to 49 age category, YouTube is more than used in more than any other channel. In the 25 to 29 category, YouTube wins again. And in the 18 to 24s, YouTube is yet again the winner. So if you are keen to share your content on social media, YouTube is probably a good place to start. For Australia, the data unfortunately aren't broken down like that. It's, it's the data that I have access to is primarily broken down into whether you use social media or not. And the data on the right from census, S-E-N-S-I-S, uh, and they show different age groups and how they use social media. In terms of how YouTube ranks in terms of website visited, uh, it's number two behind Google, uh, but ahead of Facebook. So which surprised me a little bit, particularly when you look at other stats around the number of active users um, on a regular basis, a number of people with accounts, etc. So Facebook edges ahead in some instances, but in other instances, it's YouTube, and I'll show a bit of that uh, as well. Uh, and again, this kind of repeats what I showed earlier. It's from Pew. Uh, you can see YouTube, most Americans, 73% of them use YouTube, which is more than Facebook. And obviously, this data was from 2018. So it's a couple of years old now. But nonetheless, still, I think relevant. Maybe another social media channel has overtaken, you know, Instagram or Pinterest. But the reality is that the, the gap between Facebook and everything else is huge and probably will remain so for a little while. Um, and YouTube, I expect, will continue to stay at the front because it's so ubiquitous, because it's so shareable. Uh, so in terms of accounts, this is where, depending on who you look at, um, Facebook edges ahead of YouTube um, and by about um, 300 million accounts. In terms of who uses YouTube and something else, so the way to read this table is to read the horizontal data first and then the vertical data. So if we take YouTube, so 
31% of YouTube users also use Twitter. 45% of YouTube users also use Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. So you can see where there might be some crossover between the kind of content you might share on an existing platform. Um, so, uh, you know, Twitter or whatever it might be that you're on, uh, you can see that the likelihood of that also being seen by someone who uh, is on YouTube. And that matters mainly when it comes to posting social media content that might be um, similar or identical and how you feel about doing posts like that uh, to your followers uh, and how you might feel about them seeing the same content on different platforms. Uh, in terms of how people use or access social media, including YouTube, the vast majority now, uh, or the clear majority, I should say, are now using um, mobile to get access to the internet. Um, and so that is going to have implications for the kind of YouTube content you create and the way you create content. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about that later on as well. But if I don't come back there and this interests you, feel free to ask a question about it. Um, in terms of how people use it for searching, it's the second most popular search engine after Google. Um, people prefer mobile over desktop, which is, I just said that in terms of general websites, but specifically for YouTube, um, the data says that 70% of access comes from mobile devices. Um, and this, I think, is really useful. This stat is useful for you as researchers, particularly if you're interested in getting collaborators or engaging with industry, um, that people discover new brands and products on YouTube. So there's an opportunity to be discovered on YouTube, not just to talk to the same people over again. Um, one of the things that has happened more recently with the rise of things like Netflix, Stan, uh, Amazon Prime, is that... Um, I guess people have started lumping YouTube in with um, whatever you want to call it, streaming services. And so in that context, um, YouTube is by far and away the most popular video streaming service out there. But people don't tend to break it down into uh, YouTube paid service versus YouTube free. Um, how people use social media at work, I think this is important when you want to think about um, the kinds of people you might communicate with. And I think with um, COVID and social distancing, et cetera, you, um, YouTube is probably going to be increasingly used to create uh, instructional videos. So it's useful to know, well, how will the people in my research group or in my research team um, access social media for communication at work? And you can see the trend is as you get older, you tend to use it less often. Um, males uh, tend to use it more often than females for work-based communication. So that's a little bit about social media. If you want to know a bit more, I've covered off this in a blog post um, and I can paste, I should better paste that into um, the uh, chat. I'll do that now. And I've also covered off choosing a social media channel as a another video that I did. Um, so that's the blog post. And that is the YouTube video.
Cool. So one of the in terms of starting off on YouTube, the first thing that you need to do is know your audience or know your intended audience. And so some of the things that I ask the people that I work with is to answer the question, what is my ideal follower like? So things that you should think of are things like age, gender, location, given that the internet is across the world, you know, do you want someone that is immediately local to you or um, should we um, choose, you know, it doesn't matter what profession they're in, if you're interested in collaborating with other researchers or if you're interested in getting an industry partner, um, it may or may not be important for you to know their relationship status. Uh, their education status. Certainly it would be important to know their likes and dislikes because you could create content that tries to fit in with those kinds of things. Um, Where they like their social media content, um, what sort of content they prefer, uh, when they use it, where they use it, um, and where they're hoping, what they're hoping to get from social media. So different people are looking for different things. So some people are looking for entertainment, some people are looking for information, some people are probably looking for a little bit of both. How do people feel about that? Do people have a strong understanding of their their intended user? Yeah, Ruth does. Shin does. Um, so in terms of an account, uh, if you have a Google account, you can set up a YouTube channel. Uh, so you can just log into your email, click on the um, Channel 9 logo, I always think of it as, uh, and you'll get a drop-down list. You might need to scroll a little bit. YouTube should be there. Click on YouTube and you'll be taken to something that looks like this. Um, and then on the top right, you click over there. Uh, and you'll get to click on your channel. Now, if you don't currently have a channel, clicking on your channel will then launch a view that allows you to start creating your channel. And that's as easy as typing in a name and away you go. There's probably a bit of things in there about uh, descriptions. Uh, there's probably some stuff in there about um, uh, who the content is for, etc. And so once you've set your channel up, it'll look something like this. So you'll have the opportunity to customize your banner. You can have whatever you want there, basically. Uh, you can customize the links there. So you can see I've got a link to my website, link to my LinkedIn. There's also a link to blog posts, and there's also a link to um, my uh, workshops, these workshops that I run. You can customize that little logo there. So I've got my business logo there, but you can put whatever you want. A lot of people, if it's a personal channel, might put their face. If you've got a research group, you might put a picture of the logo of your research group, whatever it might be. Um, and then that's the name of the channel. You can put in whatever you want for your name as well. Uh, I encourage researchers, if you're going to have a channel that is focused on you and what you do, to name it after yourself. I also encourage you to use your title. So if you are a graduate, I would definitely call yourself doctor. If you're not yet a graduate, then leave that off. And when you become a graduate, a PhD graduate, then put that information in. I think that's really important for positioning um, amongst your other, amongst your peers, but also amongst people who might engage with you from industry or outside academia. Uh, the about section, that's kind of the description of the channel and that's useful for um, SEO, search engine optimization within YouTube and in, within Google. You can customize all of these things. So that's if you want to edit all the stuff that I've talked about so far, having already set this up, click on customize and you can do that. 
uh, manage videos, pretty self-explanatory, what videos are up here and how they're created, and we'll go through a little bit of that later. Uh, so top right there where the arrow just appeared, that's to add a new video. Um, the, the video of me front and center, that is like an introductory video, depending on, and YouTube, you can set up three different types of this. There's for subscribers who currently, sorry, there are there's a welcome for subscribers. So a video that if you're subscribed to the channel that you'll see when you come on, there is a um, video for people who aren't subscribers who are just watching for the first time. And you can also pin another video there as well. So there's different types of videos you can have different people see when they view your channel. Um, and then obviously here are all the different videos that I've uploaded to date to my YouTube channel. Um, so if we click on new video, um, we'll get this upload video or go live. It's up to you how you want to upload video, but I'll, I would, you can go live if you'd like. There's no danger in that unless you feel like you're going to do something that might damage your reputation or the reputation of your employer. Um, and certainly that's a relatively easy way of getting content up onto YouTube because uh, it will just automatically post up there. Um, but if you've got a video that you've recorded, say on your mobile phone or on your desktop computer, or you've recorded on your phone and you've moved it over to your computer, or you recorded it on your camera and moved it over to your computer, then this is where you'd go to, to get access to that. In terms of equipment to use, I recommend starting with the equipment that you have. So if you've got a camera on your phone or a camera on your computer, that's sufficient if you've got a mic. So my mic for today is my phone headset mic, the one that came with my phone. Uh, and that is sufficient, I think, to get started. You don't need to outlay lots of money to get started. Um, people will, if the content is good, people will, will persevere with um, poor audio and poor video quality. And to be honest, I don't think that the quality of video and audio currently coming out of most mobile phones and computers is poor anyway. So then you'll get a dialog box to, you know, pretty standard upload there. I'm sure you all can navigate that. Uh, and then once you've uploaded, you get an opportunity to edit all of this. So these are all the video details because I wasn't uploading a video when I created this. This is one I've just gone into a video to show you what you can see. Um, so obviously you have a title. Um, you've got a description, uh, so those are really useful to helping, again, with SEO and um, also encouraging people to at least start watching. Then you've got the thumbnail, and you can either choose a thumbnail from the actual presentation itself or the video itself, or you can upload another one. So I tend to upload the still that you would have seen that kind of promotes this workshop. Uh, you can add it to playlists. So for me, I've got a couple of different playlists. One's to do with Microsoft Word and use tips to write your thesis using Microsoft Word. Uh, the other is all of these workshops. I'll probably create some more playlists that focus on different topic areas. And again, as a researcher, you might create playlists that separate out the kinds of things that you're focusing on. So some things could be methodological, some, some things could be you reviewing a, paper, a research paper, some things could be you talking about maybe your hobbies or your interests, if that's the kind of thing that you want to put up on YouTube. Uh, you could be doing reviews of equipment, reagents, uh, those kinds of things. And so creating playlists just makes it easy for people to, easier for people to find and then uh, watch a series of videos, particularly a series of videos in a row. Um, if you're doing training videos, one of the things that I think is really useful is to limit the vi total video length for any one video to three minutes. 
And therefore, you'd have a playlist that might go for an hour, but it breaks down the training into 23-minute lots, which makes it far more consumable, far easier to follow. Um, YouTube now has a dedicated kids channel, so that's what this is about. So if it's made for kids, then it will go onto that channel. If it's not made to kids, then it won't go onto that channel. And then there's further age restrictions, et cetera, that you can put in there. So let's say, for example, you're showing dissection of um, animals or operations, then you might restrict it to 18 plus or put a warning on the content uh, before you put your content up on YouTube. Um, moving over to the right, visibility. So you can have some videos that are hidden, only shared by link. So that might be good if you've got training videos that you want to share with other people in your research group, but you don't want to share them publicly. You can have the video private, so only you can see it, no one else can, regardless of whether they have the link or not. And obviously you can have it public, which means it's searchable on the internet. End screen, so if you have a look at that little icon that the end screen has there, that's basically a little square and it, that, that will pop up towards the end of your video and you can set the length of time on that and I'll show you a screen grab of that as well. So then let's say you've got your um, video one of how to do SDS page, then video two might be the end screen so it makes it really easy for your um, subscribers, the people watching to click through and watch video two. Uh, conversely, you might have done, a, done the last video in your SDS um, page and now maybe the next obvious thing to do is a Western blot. For those that aren't biomedical researchers, those two techniques often go hand in hand. So then you might then get them to go to video one of Western blot. Um, if there's nothing obvious, you might just send them to another video that might be interesting on your channel. Maybe that could be data analysis. Maybe that could be um, reviewing a piece of equipment, something that might be of interest and probably relevant to the previous um, video. Cards, if you've ever watched YouTube before, you'll see that there are like scrolly bars that uh, appear partway through a video. That's really useful um, for people to redirect you to other content. So let's say you're doing a video, going back to that Western blot example, uh, let's say you're doing a video that's a Western blot and you might say, previously we talked about doing SDS page, which is what you need to do to get to this point. Then you might have a card that appears at the top of the video screen that tells them to go and, you know, here's the link for that video if you want to go and watch it. Um, yeah, so that's how you'd use cards. And then down the very bottom, we've got show more, which opens up a whole lot more information. Before we leave here, so this is the various privacy options that you have or the sharing options. So private means no one can see it. Unlisted means people can see it if you send them the link and public as they can find it. This is how you put an end screen in. So you can see for this particular video, the end screens appear at the 25 minute mark and there are two different ones. And the red box and the red, the red rectangle open and the red box are where the videos will appear on top of the video that is currently being played and you can see you can have a choice of most recently uploaded, best for the viewer or something specific that you set. Um, in terms of the cards, this is the same editing situation there and then the type of card, if you just click those pluses, you get taken to a dialog box that, take, that allows you to upload the content or to select the specific content that you're after. Are there any questions about what I've discussed so far?
No, all good. Awesome. Thanks, Ronald. So before I showed you that, you know, the thing that said show more, so this is what you get in that show more area. Um, so if you're doing a paid promotion, you need to tick that there so people know. Uh, tags are really useful to help your videos get found and, and the grouped in, in with other um, video content. Now, uh, this is really cool. So, uh, you, so remember before we talked about uh, knowing who your subscriber is and how they prefer their content. So let's say they prefer to read, get their content on mobile phone. And let's say most of the content that they consume is consumed uh, in their, their office, which is an open plan shared office. And everyone's keeping in with COVID. Everyone's one and a half meters apart, but you don't have headphones. So you watching videos on silent, YouTube can automatically put closed captions into your videos for certainly for um, English speakers. It does a relatively good job of discerning accents as well. So if you're a non-native English speaker or you have a weird Australian accent like I do, mostly it picks up the, the English correctly. Um, and then you'll have, it'll automatically close caption it. You can edit that file in terms of timestamps and the closed caption and add it to your um, option. And then you can tell it what language the video is so that if someone ticks closed caption, they'll get to see the closed captions that either you have uploaded or YouTube has automatically allocated to your video. Um, so you can also put in the recording date and location. And as it says there, it's useful to help people find your video if they're looking for videos that relate to a particular place or a particular date. Um, so this is the kind of license that you attribute to it um, and how people can use it. Uh, if you're interested in sharing your content widely, I would definitely click allow embedding. Um, that's really useful for other people to share content. There's a whole bunch of my content that I know has been shared throughout various universities in Australia. Um, and I'm unaware of it being shared other than that I get referral traffic and referral requests as a result. And that works perfectly fine for me. And if you're in the same boat, if you're not giving away intellectual property or you're comfortable giving away your intellectual property, you'll probably find better engagement overall with your research if you tick that box. Uh, the category that the stuff belongs to. So for me, I, I consider myself a teacher and therefore what's the content is education, but you might choose a different level of content uh, in there. There's a whole bunch to choose from. I'm sure you'll find what's best for yourself. Um, comments. Uh, so definitely I'll put hold inappropriate comments and YouTube is really good at once you've blocked a couple of comments, it's good at then picking up the kinds of comments that it should block um, in the future for your channel. Um, and that's just to show that on the video, to show people whether how many likes and dislikes are already on the video. Um, if you've got a live video, then you're enabling live chat um, and enabling how the chat appears or how it's notified for people as they watch it on playback. <clears throat> so one of the things that I find frustrating about <laughs> YouTube is as um, as useful as it is, is how to get into different panes. So like this is the details pane for the video or the edit pane for the video, depending on how you've got in here. Um, and so then you can view analytics for other videos as well. So this is a different video that I've picked the analytics for. 
and you can have a look at, you know, the kinds of views, how long people have watched for, the number of people that have subscribed as a result of watching the video. Um, and you can see on the right-hand side here, we've moved down from details. Uh, <clears throat> so you can see details. And then now we're on analytics. Uh, one of the things that I think is a bit confusing about um, YouTube at times is it's hard to know when you're in this menu and when you're not. So I'll go into the, a little bit of that as well. Um, so anyway, you can analyze your video. Some things that people recommend you do on the videos is take a look at this um, this key moments for audience retention graph. Uh, and what I've seen people do is take the bit that is most popular. So you can see there's an audience drop off for this video, but that's the most popular bit where people watch that. And then they splice that and share that on social media. Uh, and that's a useful, then you have a link to your YouTube video and that's a useful way of getting people interested in your content by working out when people are watching and what they're paying most attention to, and then sharing that again on um, say Instagram or Facebook. Uh, in the video editor, so moving down that menu, you can trim your video, you can blur bits of the video. So what I've had, I've had people on these calls ask for their faces to be blurred, so we can do that. Um, so we don't, Blur, we'd blur a particular part of the video for a certain number of seconds. So if the person's face doesn't change where they are, then we can blur them out for the entire, um, for the entire workshop. But there's all sorts of things. You can trim bits, you can download your video here. So let's say you upload it, then trim it, then download it. It's free. You can use it for those kinds of things as well. Uh, and this is obviously down the subtitles menu. You can add some more in, you can upload your own. You can um, add a new language to the subtitle if that's something that's interests you. I think I read somewhere that there's something like 80 different languages that YouTube um, is in, so that you're, that it's highly likely that your language will be there. Um, so then you get onto this dashboard, which has got all your content on it. Um, and you can see how your videos are performing. You can see the visibility. You can see that the different types of visibility. Um, if you hover over the video, you'll get the um, option to uh, do a bunch of editing things. Um, and so you can go and then edit your video. Um, this channel dashboard is something that you have to specifically go and find. So once you start looking at your content, then you'll get the option to see your dashboard and then you'll get a view here that shows your dashboard of videos. Um, you can't really edit this. This is basically what you're presented with by YouTube. It's not overly useful. And to be honest, this isn't the landing screen anyway for most of the YouTube stuff. Mostly you land on an editing screen or an update screen. To change playlists, you can add a new playlist here. You can edit your playlist. If you click in the playlist, so this is the online workshop playlist, you'll get these views here. Click on the three dots and you can add videos. Um, you can collaborate with other users to create a playlist. Uh, and you can you know, have playlist settings similar to video settings. So if someone wants to use your series of training videos, then they can embed your entire training video playlist 
to their um, website. You can edit individual videos, you can add it to a different queue, you can save it to a different playlist, you can remove from that playlist, you can change the order. All of those things are fairly appropriate. So does anyone have any questions about the, I guess, the nuts and bolts of putting videos up on YouTube? Uh, all good. All good. So in terms of what should you post? So I think for any social media, I think the question comes down to what are your preferences? What content type do you want to post? And what are their preferences? They're meaning the people that you're intending to reach. Um, and so you might not like your face on uh, video or in pictures, but you might want to do video. So you can do a bunch of different things like um, just talk to a PowerPoint slide without seeing your face, for example. Um, or you might want to put your, you know, in, in um, protein crystallography, you can do the, um, you can do the, um, the 3D structure and you can spin those around. So you might talk while that's happening for your structure. And then you need to know, well, what is it that other people want to post? So in, in a book that I wrote called Connect the Docs, uh, um, I looked at different channels that you might use. The one channel that I didn't cover in there at the time was Facebook. So I've made a little bit of a list of why you might use, not Facebook, sorry, um, YouTube, and why you might use it for research. Um, so you might use it if you've got lots of video content. So what I really like about YouTube is that it can store all your videos. So if you're already making video that's going on to Instagram or going on to um, Facebook or going on to LinkedIn or going on to ResearchGate, then I highly recommend you aggregate all of your video content on YouTube. Um, and like I said, it's the second most um, popular website. If you're not doing video, you might not want to do YouTube, but I still recommend that video is where we're headed with content. And so if you're going to start making content, YouTube is a great place to start. You can pretty much share any video on YouTube to any other social media platform. Um, the, not necessarily the exception, but the hardest place at the moment to do it directly is to Instagram because you can't share links. You have to download the video or have the raw video and share it up. Um, so you can grow followers on YouTube by following other people and follow back fairly standard like other social media ask for follows, sharing content and asking for subscribers. Um, like I said, you can share content using end screens. You can share content recommended by YouTube. You can embed it in your website, embed it in email and use it as a link on other social media channels. And I found it really useful, like I said, to have a short clip that is from the video that I'd like people to watch. And then a, a description of how that clip might be useful for the person or the bigger video and then a link to the video. People can find your content, you know, like they can find any other content using search, using tags, other social media. Your content could be added to other people's lists. Um, your content could appear in other people's end screens. Your content could be put in other people's cards as well. Um, success on YouTube is to share on your other social media channels, um, asking for likes and subscribes and obviously asking for shares, for people to share your content. I, I don't think poor, like poor quality audio and video will make a big difference, but I don't think, again, that you need to have those things in order to be successful on YouTube. I think all of these different types of content can be used on YouTube. So there are people out there that read stuff on YouTube, um, read books, 
read picture books, et cetera. So just because you don't feel like you want to have your face on there doesn't mean you shouldn't be on there. Um, people directly talk to just images on YouTube, still images. So if you think about how this will appear on YouTube, the slide deck will be the major feature. Then there'll be, you know, the kind of headshot of me in the corner talking and that's the audio that they'll get. Obviously, if you like video, definitely good for YouTube. Um, and obviously, it's not temporary. That's one of the good things about YouTube. It is going to be around until you take it down. Um, but I would, so I guess you might see that as a negative, but I think that's positive. Um, yeah, and you can still share your research results on YouTube as well. I've encouraged people to do things like um, run through their journal article and the key learnings they have. And there's so much now with three-minute thesis being really popular and videoed quite regularly. There's so much content around research presentations on YouTube because of that. Um, and you can definitely have conversations on YouTube, particularly if you're going to do live work stuff on YouTube. Does anyone have any questions about any of that? No? Cool. Um, that's pretty much the end of what I had to cover. There's so much more on YouTube that might you might find useful. Has anyone is anyone going to head out and set up their own channel? Has anyone started setting up their own channel while we've been on here? No. Has anyone decided that they're not going to set up YouTube as a result of this? weighing up the options, cool. Um, well, if there's no more questions, um, just a quick letting you know how you can get more info. So if you're interested in, um, in creating content for social media or YouTube in general, um, you can definitely uh, join a program that I'm running. If you're interested in um, joining any of those programs, social media, thesis writing or journal writing, let me know in the poll and I'll get the content out to you. Um, I also have one-to-one -one coaching programs that can help you. So I'm working with someone at the moment who's going through setting up all of their social media, uh, including a website, and I'm doing that via one-to-one -one coaching. So if that's something you're interested in, um, let me know. Uh, obviously, my newsletter, and I've got a newsletter and a book. If you want a copy of those, let me know. Um, uh, in terms of the audit. Uh, basically, it's one-off meeting to help you get through whatever it is that you might be thinking you need to get through. Um, and if there's something else that you're interested in or you just want to have a chat or a catch-up, feel free to tick that box and I will make sure that I uh, arrange a chat or a catch-up with you. If, if you like this content, then you might want to go and check out my YouTube channel and see other social media uh, workshops that I've run. I've covered based all of the main channels, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, I've written blogs about it as well. Um, and I've also got some other work, other programs coming up. Um, okay, Lisa, good to see a workshop on Zoom usage. Cool. I will put that in my list. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, I have written a blog post about being good on Zoom, but I'll definitely cover it off. Um, and then there's a few different workshops coming up now, um, staying focused on your PhD, managing research projects, and um, building high-performing research teams. So if you're interested in those, head to my website and register like you did for this one.
thanks everyone for your time. Like I said, if you like this, like, subscribe, follow me, um, and I look forward to seeing you on social media. Thanks.